a little deli with a big price tag, and the doge days of crypto. I'm Ryan, that's Brian, and these are your investment headlines from the last seven days. Headline number one, who let the doge out? Who, Brian? Who? Who? (laughs) So, as I'm sure you are well aware, Dogecoin has been uh, all over the news, at least in my sphere, and I'm sure it's bled over into your investment sphere as well. Oh, yeah. The good old Dogecoin. Yes, it's back. Of course, we've got to talk about it. Um, So, a couple headlines, and then I have a lot of things on my chest that I want to get off um, about Doge. So, I like that. Some things to talk about here. First headline today is we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, today is Doge Day. I don't know if you knew that. The official oh. day of the currency, apparently, 420. Go figure. And uh, this was the day that Doge was prophesied to hit $4.20. <laughs> and I will... A little s- short. Yeah, I will say that the Doge Day has passed by pretty uneventfully. Um, going into today, a lot of people thought that there was a lot of momentum to get Doge to $1, which would just be an insane uh, growth. So we're up like 400% for the week. And and I will do a quick plug here. In honor of Dogecoin, we're actually doing a special episode podcast coming out um, probably on the same day as this podcast, so look for that, where we're going to cover the history of Dogecoin, talk about where it started, and where it's grown to. It's actually a really fascinating story as I've looked into it more, learned more about it. Um, So make sure you check out that episode when we post it. Um, But anyways, so Doge Day passed by somewhat uneventfully, but a lot of companies were getting in on the Doge madness as prices were spiking up. And um, brands like Snickers and Slim Jim were using it to uh, using it like as an advertising, um, you know, jumping on the bandwagon to advertise for them, mm. and even like Slim Jim created, they like combined two bubbles. They created an NFT of uh, Dogecoin, <laughs> and it's like a little Slim Jim that they made look like a rocket ship, and so the Slim Jim is blasting off to the Dogecoin moon, and uh, something to the effect of send Dogecoin to the moon. Something like that. Anyways, so, you know, Slim Jim combining the two bubbles of cryptocurrency right now. And uh, they, I guess, has been very successful. They reported quintupling their social media following after doing this campaign. So they've been posting nonstop about Dogecoin and retweeting memes and stuff. They've been getting very heavy into the Dogecoin propaganda. And then, of course, Elon had to get on it as well. Elon Musk he said that he is going to take Dogecoin to the literal moon in his SpaceX rocket ship. I heard about that. Oh, man. So the Literal moon. The literal moon. So those, those are the headlines from this week. And obviously, you know, like I said, Dogecoin has been on an insane pace. I think, I think it topped around 450% uh, for the week. Um, and... And really, there's it felt like there's a lot of momentum to push it up to a dollar going into today, but that never happened. It's kind of traded sideways more or less for the day. So I'm interested to see what happens tomorrow. And I'm sure once everyone's listening to this, they'll know. But 
after Doge Day, what happens when there's no pump? Just to go back for a second, Elon Musk, if he does that, can you imagine the skyrocketing of price Doge will experience oh. when when that's announced? As it's going, as everybody's doing memes of some shuttle taking off and <laughs> pictures of, you know, a dog on the ship, whatever it is. Like, you're going to, I can't imagine how how much it's going to explode on that day if that does happen. And, and, and you know, that reason alone, it, it makes me wonder, well, is Doge actually a good investment now? Because, I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen. And then it, once it does, There's, it's going to pump, right? There's plenty of catalysts to send this thing higher. Yep. And as as we've seen in the past, whenever Elon's involved, things tend to pump. I actually think today he was rather quiet on Doge for some reason. I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, and I think that may, a lot of people were like, where's where's Elon today? That's why it's not pumping. And they're, bla- <laughs> they're blaming him for that. But uh, oh, man. anyway, so here's some thoughts that I've had about this whole scenario. Okay. First of all, it's given me a lot of perspective. And so I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I, I talked about Warren Buffett and how, you know, he is this this uh, visionary investor. He's made a lot of money. People respect him. But it seems like recently he's been falling behind in terms of, you know, the new trends and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, investing in the new technology and people are calling him old and... and Lost his touch. Lost his touch, exactly. You know, and so people are flocking towards Kathy Woods and, and, and those people. And it's made me think feel like a Warren Buffett when I'm out there saying Doge is has no fundamentals, it's not worth an investment, and then here goes the price and it just skyrockets. And so it's 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 made me I don't know, it's given me more perspective of where Warren Buffett is coming from, where he has seen a lot and he has seen what works. And that doesn't mean that he's going to catch every single spike and, you know, pump, but he's going to have a solid investment strategy. And that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of where I am at with crypto as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at different strategies, right, for investing, typically, you know, I wouldn't say this is 100% true all the time, but typically the longer investment strategy you have right if you're taking the long-term approach the more successful you're going to be or the higher chance you're going to be successful right because if you give anything amount of time and your thesis is correct like you're you're probably going to make money right but uh, yeah these little tiny strategies that are maybe work within a week or a day or whatever it is like they may be fun and i know this is kind of like a joke you know a lot of people think it's funny and um, but it makes me wonder like, okay, this obviously isn't a long-term thing. I wouldn't imagine because there's nothing really based it's based off of. And so how long can this strategy work, you know, and cause there's so many different stocks or cryptos in the past that have done something similar to this and it's never amounted to anything. And so it may not be as funny <laughs> for people that, you know, down the line, get in and think, oh, well, this is a funny stock that, or crypto that's doing really, really well. And then they lose a bunch of money. And so right. I know that's what, people, that's what people said about GameStop. And here we are, you know, still pretty high. And mm-hmm. so so maybe they'll be the last ones to laugh. And But I, I highly doubt it. 
Right. And and that and that brings me to my point number two. He's mentioned GameStop. So I, I had actually talked about this uh months ago when we did the whenever or whenever the GameStop episode was, how I could see Dogecoin becoming the GameStop for crypto. And really that's what it's become. I, I feel like Doge is now GameStop where it is it's it's hard to see it going away. Just like it's hard to imagine GameStop going away. It's always gonna be like this meme stock to purchase and the same thing with dogecoin so it's gonna be this meme um coin to purchase and there's gonna be these catalysts that just pump it and um doge has made i saw this this quote on twitter that i really liked which is doge has made smart people look dumb and dumb people look smart and i think that's how gamestop was too where you have you know these wise people who are very experienced with investments and trading you know, trying to short GameStop and then all these other little people made them look dumb, made them lose lots of money. And, and obviously with Dogecoin, it's a little different. It's not, it wasn't a short squeeze, but still you had a lot of smart people who have a lot of experience with trading saying Dogecoin is a joke. It's not meant to be invested in, but yet, you know, all those experienced traders look dumb now in a sense, right? Yeah. And 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 I can see from a GameStop perspective, why advisors and hedge fund managers would be so upset about the GameStop saga, because I'm upset somewhat about the Dogecoin saga, because there are people that I do, you know, give some advice. You know, this podcast is not financial advice, but but I do give some people advice on crypto investments. And every time I've always advised them, you know, I've had people come to me and ask if they should invest in Dogecoin. Like I had someone come to me three months ago, and asked if they should invest in Dogecoin, and I laughed and said no. But it's like up eight thousand percent since that day, and so like I look like an idiot. I look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. And right. you know, it's made me look dumb, and and so I like because of that, I'm. It makes me a little upset that this has happened, because then it just makes it look like I don't know what I'm talking about. I spend hours looking at trends, technical analysis, researching fundamentals, and then here these people on Robinhood throwing money at dogecoin and making a lot of money totally that, that's what makes in my opinion investing so hard right because like how do you know what the behavior is going to be for somebody purchasing a particular stock or crypto you know what i mean like fundamentals can be detached from reality you know and what and so it makes it really really difficult but I think there's a difference between shorting something like shorting GameStop or shorting Dogecoin or bashing that versus not investing in it, right? Mm. Because everybody that's participated in Dogecoin or GameStop, I mean, it's obviously been a huge risk. It's been probably a roller coaster ride, right? And they knew kind of what they were getting into by doing that. And for somebody like you, Ryan, to step back and say, you know what, like, this this is not something I want to be a part of. I'm not going to be actively against it or shorting it or whatever. I think that's probably the best way to approach it is if you just don't feel comfortable taking on that kind of risk and that kind of roller coaster, then you don't have to, you know. I think that's you where you get into some problems is when you have, like, these hedge fund managers or these smart gurus start actively belittling it and 
trying to make it go down, right? Fighting against right, it. Right. Um, I think that's where you get, you go too far because then technically you're participating in it, right? So you might as well just not participate on the long side or the short side. You know what I mean? And, and you can feel comfortable not doing that because you're managing your risk appropriately. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. And there is, I definitely see the difference And and, and really I should be glad. Cause I think, I think for the most part, this Doge saga has been a positive thing. Whereas GameStop, like you're saying was kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of, um, uh, strong opinions on both sides of what was happening with GameStop. Whereas with this Doge stuff, it's more like, you know, people are just laughing at how ridiculous this is, or people are very excited with how much money they're making. There's not a whole lot of people that are angry. And I know I had said that it made me a little upset because it makes me look dumb. But at the same time, I do laugh it off because it is just so ridiculous. You know, who who would have guessed this kind of thing would happen? Right, right. So that brings me to thought number three. And uh, most of these purchases are being made on Robinhood. So a lot of people are buying Dogecoin through Robinhood, which also has drawn the ire of Wall Street investors, correct? They don't like the Robin Hood investors, yeah. um, and 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 for the most part, I haven't cared about Robin Hood until I really looked into it, and realized uh, I'm just so so disappointed in Robin Hood. So 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 get this, you know, I I th- I saw Doge as an opportunity to bring people into crypto, right? To bring pe- bring this money, bring this capital into crypto investments and then once the whole doge stuff cools down maybe they'll start spreading their money out into other cryptocurrencies right yeah and and i know i saw some people talking about that on social media and i was like that that could be a great thing i was excited for that but then i look in robin hood and they have like six cryptos listed total one is bitcoin one is ethereum and then the others are like trash coins including doge (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, this is your options. There, there, there aren't any good. There's no chain link. There's no like other good options. It's just Ethereum and Bitcoin. I, I guess there's Litecoin, which is kind of meh. But they have like Ethereum Classic and Bitcoin SV and these other Bitcoin forks that I don't even know why people invest in. And and so it just made me sad that all of this money going into Doge, people will start spreading their money out into these other garbage coins and. I don't know what that does. That doesn't that doesn't really benefit the community of crypto any, any further unless they're all putting it into like, you know, Ethereum, but I don't know. It just maybe it's sad. It feels like a missed opportunity uh because Robinhood doesn't know what they're doing with crypto. Totally. It's very very telling on management from Robinhood, right? It, it, I just get the sense that they're not very uh What's the what's the word? Without saying sounding mean, uh, <laughs> you can sound mean, Brian. I don't think anyone from Robinhood listens. I just mean that they're not very sophisticated. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Like they're just they're doing what's hot and what makes them money. You know what I mean? Like they're just gonna ride the train. They're not actively looking at cryptos and saying, "Oh wow, like this one has a lot of." you know, opportunity, you know, this one is more stable. It, it's more of what gives us the most traffic and makes us the most money and gets our our users the most excited. Like that's really all they're looking for, which is, like you said, it's kind of sad because if you really do want to be more than just like a 
dumb retail trader platform, you know, then you would look at those things and, and see mm -hmm. where you could invest in the long term that would help help people make money in the long term versus the short term. Yeah, for sure. Have, have you used Robinhood? No, I haven't. So I've never have, but I'll, here comes the confession. I actually got on so I could buy some Doge. <laughs> and so I, I joined Robinhood and, and I, I bought a little bit of Doge and I've already sold it all. Um, but uh, I did make some money. So this so, okay, that's fine. But um, I agree that, you know, they had some really, uh, their, their charts looked interesting like with the crypto charts it's like glowing colors um was there confetti when you made a purchase <laughs> there was some kind of animation i think there's like this like all this animation that you do and they, they try to make it look like anyway it's, it's just strange it does not feel like a professional investment tool and like you can't do any kind of analysis on it you can't you i don't even know if there's a i guess there is candles uh, but I mean, it's very limited. You can't really view like your, your market order or sorry, your limit orders to limit, to edit them and can't do any stop limit. I mean, it just feels so constrained on what you can do. And obviously they are doing it because they have this, uh, um, this, uh, target demographic that doesn't care about that stuff. But anyway, I, I just, it was, it's been an interesting experience trying out Robin Hood. <laughs> to, to oh, see what was going on and uh point number four and this this relates to actually our special edition podcast coming up about dogecoin um how when speculators join a market the environment becomes toxic and i i have seen this and i know a lot of other people have observed this as well you know crypto is kind of like a tight-knit community where everyone is just trying to help each other. You know, it, you're supporting these decentralized networks that are all integrating with each other because everyone's trying to build up each other. There's no, you know, like, you know, business cor uh, competitions like you have in the stock market. But with this whole Doge saga, it's brought in a lot of greedy speculators that have no interest in crypto other than just to make money, quick, make a quick buck. And so it's just it's just gotten so toxic with uh, everyone complaining and just feeling entitled, and the comments on Twitter have just gotten out of control during this whole Do Doge saga. And it's just been interesting when we talk about the special edition podcast with Dogecoin. You'll see that Dogecoin has a history of this. This is not the first time that it's happened, and uh, it's just kind of sad how speculation tends to ruin markets. It, it, on a side note. There's another coin that people aren't really talking about, but it's it's Doge related, um, called Sh Shib, S H I B for the the type of dog. It's Shiba. Okay. Um. um anyways, it's up three million percent for the year. So Whoa. there's a little fact for thought there. Is it just not getting as much attention because it is it's not as big of a market cap? Like not as many people participating. Right, and it also has a total supply of one quadrillion coins. So, <laughs> I've never seen a supply that large. I saw that. I'm like, this has got to be an error. Anyways, how many zeros is that? Uh, that's a uh, thousand trillions. What? Oh, jeez. Anyway, yeah, we basically wrapped it up. Those are my thoughts of Dogecoin, and and it's also you know. 
was Dogecoin a good investment? I guess you have to say yes, right? It, It made people money, but there's different kinds of risk and different kinds of investments for different kinds of people. And I think that's something to focus on as well. Some people prefer the long game. Some people prefer the fundamentals. That's more where I side. Um, but, uh, you know, that's what's great about the markets is there are different styles that can cater to different uh, desires. Yeah, I, I would say, just to be technical here, was it a good investment? I don't think so. Is it a good bet? Is it a good trade? Yeah. You know, so I think that's a big distinction is, you know, usually you're trying to do good investments versus a bet, right? And that's exactly what Doge is. Headline number two, a little deli in New Jersey valued over $100 million. (laughs) So David Einhorn, have you heard that guy's name before? Uh, No, Einhorn. So he's, yeah, Einhorn, I think that's how you say it. He's a famous hedge fund manager, and he recently brought attention in his, you know, like a letter to investors. Um, he, he brought attention a company called Hometown International, and they own a deli shop in New Jersey, and it reached a market cap of over $100 million. <laughs> It's it's one deli shop, yeah. Just it's not like a chain shop. of restaurants. It's just no, one no, deli no, no, shop. No. Just like a hole in the wall deli shop. Okay. <laughs> and this deli did fourteen thousand dollars in sales for two thousand twenty. What? And it and its expenses were about six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then get this. So Einhorn he wrote in the letter quote. The largest shareholder is also the CEO slash CFO slash treasurer <laughs> oh, no. and director who also happens to be the wrestling coach of the high school next door to the deli. <laughs> and he says, he says, the pastrami must be amazing. Oh. <laughs> so to make things even more sketchy, <laughs> there are entities in Hong Kong and Macau, China, that are shareholders in the company. And then uh, also there's some key investors, which are, I think their names are Peter Coker Jr. and his father, Peter Coker Sr. And apparently Coker Sr. has been sued for supposedly hiding money from creditors and like has been doing some sketchy stuff in the past. So I mean, there's a lot more to the story that is unraveling you know, as, as we go along, but it's pretty sketchy. And it's interesting that a lot of people are talking about this story and, uh, Bernie Madoff. Have you heard of him? No. So he just barely passed away, uh, in prison and he ran the world's largest Ponzi scheme. Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he had, I guess he had like a 150-year prison sentence, but he died just like I think last week at age 82. And I looked it up because I can't remember the whole details of it, but I think he stole like $65 billion or something like that. Um, So it's just kind of interesting. Who knows if this is going to be some kind of weird Ponzi scheme or some kind of, you know, scam company or something like that. But uh, I it made me start thinking: Is there any famous crypto 
Ponzi schemes or like uh, notorious, like somebody like Bernie Madoff that has been in the crypto world? There, uh, there was. Um, I've, in fact, I started doing research on her for uh, for a, a, an episode, like a story episode. Um, I but uh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, I think it was for a coin called One Coin or something. Um, and it's it's one of the biggest Ponzi's in the crypto sphere, and it really, technically, it isn't even crypto because uh, they didn't even have um, the coin. They they went around like the world raising funds and convincing people to buy into this coin, and then uh, they didn't even have the coin ready or made. And didn't even oh, have like this network made, and they're just throwing around terms like blockchain and throwing around stuff that makes it sound like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a cryptocurrency, <laughs> but they had no idea what they're doing, and and it all came about, like, it was all discovered because some guy who works on blockchains got a request from them to come make their blockchain so that they can make this coin, and this guy's like, wait a second, haven't you been ra- having people buy the coins for the last year? What have they been buying? There's and anyway, it's just this whole story of how no blockchain <laughs> network existed. The network didn't even exist, but they were, they were um, so like people would go and buy a quote unquote coin, and it would show up on this website, but they couldn't do anything with that coin. They never actually owned it because the coin didn't exist. Oh my goodness! And uh, it was this huge thing. But you, uh, what happened to her? Did they? Like convict her of anything or no? She disappeared. <laughs> um, the the coin never uh, became anything. I see. I think it's Ruja Ignatova. I think that's who it is. Anyway, yeah, no. So once this all started, so once this this guy who was asked to make the blockchain started getting word out that this company doesn't even have a coin, what in the world are they selling people? Then uh, they got very concerned, and the, the 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 person in charge just left. She disappeared. With the money. With the money, over you know billions of dollars, she oh just disappeared with goodness. it. So that's a good story. That's we sh- we should do that story one of these times because that. Is oh a, yeah, that's. that's a we'll have one. we'll have like a Ponzi scheme story night or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but real quick though, back on the deli, what? How does, does something like that happen? How does that get? listed i i don't know i think there's yeah i I don't think it takes much to like uh get something you know to issue stock uh Hmm. it's over the counter you know it's not on the new york stock exchange or anything like that yeah yeah. it's what they call Uh, pink sheet is that a pink sheet yeah yeah Yeah. exactly okay so (laughs) that makes a little more sense but (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so it has has the stock price been hurt with the news or has it I, I been was, helped? Has it gone up or down? You know, I was looking at it and it dipped a little bit, but then it like went right back up. And I think <laughs> there was some crazy statistics, like there was only like sixty investors in it or something like that. Oh wow, <laughs> I can't remember. But yeah, it, it's, it hasn't crashed or anything. Like you know, crashed like ninety percent. So well, I guess if they they're holding all the stock, all the shares, then there's no one to sell. Yeah, if the I CEO and the CFO and the whatever all own, it's all the same guy who owns a lot of the shares. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're, yeah, raising <laughs> that much money. Yeah, it's interesting. Headline number three: 
crypto may have a new friend in the SEC. All right, so finally, the SEC has a new chairman, Brian. Gary oh. Gary Gensler was um, officially uh, put into uh, office as the new SEC chairman. And this is significant for many reasons. Um, but the two that come to mind for me is how it affects the XRP Ripple lawsuit that the SEC is currently in the middle of. And then what does this mean for crypto regulations going forward? And so uh, for that for that second point there, um, crypto regulations, Gary Gensler has been teaching blockchain technology and finance at MIT for many years. So he knows the space of cryptocurrency. He knows blockchain. He knows uh, how these things go. And um, one of the other SEC commissioners, Hester Peirce, who I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned her last week, um, but she came out and said that she's working with Gary on developing some very um, clear uh, and positive regulatory frameworks for crypto. Um, and, I, you know, some people aren't excited about uh, regulations, Um from the SEC, but I think it will be very important for this space to grow. It's important to have clear guidelines of what is okay and, and, you know, have the SEC's approval on how things should function. And, and it sounds like with this new chairman um, and with Hester Peirce as, as one of the commissioners that we're going to have some good momentum to getting some kind of clear guidelines on what is okay from the SEC. Hey, that seems like positive news. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, and and one of the big uh, news this week about Bitcoin was there was a, a cr- uh, somewhat of a crash from Bitcoin. It fell about ten thousand, eleven thousand um, uh, dollars, in a matter of like an hour or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but there is kind of a crash. And the reason why was because Turkey actually announced that they were banning Bitcoin. I don't know if you heard this. The, the Turkey government. Oh, no. Banned Bitcoin. And and their reasoning, which to me is just a silly reason to ban Bitcoin, their reasoning for banning Bitcoin is because Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are too volatile, and they don't want their citizens to waste their money on a volatile asset. Ugh. So therefore, they're going to ban it. But really, if you look into what's really going on in Turkey, so their national currency, I think it's called the Lira, L-I-R-A, I think, um is is losing value very quickly i think they're it seems like they're going through inflation uh really badly right now and uh so people are flocking away from their national currency into bitcoin uh. to be able to you know um preserve their, their their wealth their monetary value and the government didn't like how everyone's flocking away from their national currency into bitcoin and so then they went and banned it and uh anyways so, so it's just a, you know, just a face. Oh, it's too volatile. Right. Really, it's because we don't want you taking your money and putting it exactly. away from the currency. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good reasons to ban Bitcoin. I just don't think the volatility is a good reason. No. Anyways. <laughs> you can't control people's investments. <laughs> right. And what kind of risks they take. Right. Right. So, you know, it'd be nice to have some kind of regulation, regulatory framework so that, we're, you know, we don't have to worry about our government doing something like that um, based on some, you know, securities reason, whatever, it, whatever it is. 
um, it, it'd be nice to have some kind of regulatory framework that exists for crypto. Um, and then the second point is how it affects, how Gary Gensler affects uh, the XRP lawsuit. Because if you remember the previous SEC chairman, I think his name was Jay Clayton, um, he is the one who brought about the lawsuit against Ripple. And it was like one yeah. of like the last things that he did before he was he left office was he he introduced this lawsuit, and now he's gone, and um, it's it's being uncovered that the SEC had done some pretty sketchy shady stuff to collect evidence uh, against Ripple, and so the SEC really seems to be losing their case because of some of the sketchy stuff that they did, and I mean surprise surprise SEC is doing sketchy stuff. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so it's interesting to to see what will happen with this new chairman. I mean, is he going to keep pushing this lawsuit, which it seems like the SEC is losing anyways, or will he just, um, you know, end up settling, uh, you know, coming up with some kind of settlement with Ripple? Uh, either way, I think it'll be a big positive for all of crypto. Right? It's, it, just because this affects XRP and Ripple, it does have an effect, has a Ripple effect on uh, the rest of the crypto market. And so it'll be interesting to see what, what kind of uh, things come about with this new chairman. Something to watch. All right, that's a wrap. We only had three headlines this week, Brian. That was, that was kind of short, but I guess, you know, Dogecoin from the crypto side of things just kind of filled up my timeline at least. And so I, I think those are the, you know, most significant headlines from this oh, week. Yeah. yeah, that's all most you need to know. That's all you need to know. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode of the Fool's Gold Podcast. If you'd like more Fool's Gold content, check us out on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also, be sure to check out our special edition podcast about Dogecoin and the history of it. But until next time, Brian, I'll talk to you later. See you later.